1: I hear four, anyone have five? Going once, going twice, sold to the Democrat Party. Yeah, they made it four indictments yesterday. By now you've heard how ridiculous the charges are, so I won't bore you with that, but YouTube is full of videos with Democrats doing exactly what Trump did, questioning the results of of an election. There's actually a 14-minute video out there that I don't have time for. It's nothing but Democrats questioning the 2016 election. But while I was looking for that stuff, I came across this from an interview with Elizabeth Warren back then on PBS.
2: We're learning today uh, that a new book uh, that is coming out by Donna Brazil, the former acting chair of the Democratic National Committee, that the campaign of Secretary Hillary Clinton was far more influential at the Democratic a party, the Democratic National Committee, than we previously knew. Do you think, though, that what we're learning from Donna Brazile's book suggests that the campaign, that what the Democratic National Committee did meant this election was rigged? Yeah, I think it was. It's a pretty powerful charge. Well, What we have to focus on now as Democrats is we recognize the process was rigged and now it is up to Democrats to build a new process a process that really works and works for everyone. And that as we go forward, we have confidence in the integrity of the system that Democrats, as they run a primary, are going to let the people speak and that we're going to have a candidate who's the candidate chosen by the people. That's our job.
1: And, of course, they rigged it again for Joe Biden in 2020. Uh, the difference, and uh, since we're talking about Georgia, by the way, which is where the uh, indictments took place, how about this? From Stacey Abrams, who spent months denying her loss in the uh, election for governor.
2: I acknowledge that former Secretary of State Brian Kemp will be certified as the victor in the 2018 gubernatorial election. But to watch an elected official who claims to represent the people in this state baldly pin his hopes for election on the suppression of the people's democratic right to vote has been truly appalling. So let's be clear. This is not a speech of concession. Because concession means to acknowledge an action is right, true, or proper. As a woman of conscience and faith, I cannot concede that. But my assessment is the law currently allows no further viable remedy. In the coming days, we will be filing a major federal lawsuit against the state of Georgia for the gross mismanagement of this election and to protect future elections from unconstitutional actions. We will channel the work of the past several weeks into a strong legal demand for reform of our election systems in Georgia.
1: Yeah, that's good. Wait, that's enough. enough. I've heard enough. Way to, way to go there, uh, Stacy. Now, the difference between Republicans and Democrats is that the Democrats weaponized what Donald Trump did or didn't do. And the best the Republicans can come up with is a tweet from the Speaker about he's going to make sure justice is served. A lot of mean tweets and nothing else. It's actually become a joke, and the media have played a major role. When we come back, we're going to talk to a former producer at Fox News about the media circus covering these indictments and Joe Biden's no comment on one of the worst fires in American history. And in our second half hour, former Western PA Congressman Tim Murphy, who's also a psychologist, on how big mistakes are being made in treating kids with gender dysphoria. Stick around. Hey, lots of uh, celebrating in Democrat offices all over the country, of course, where most media gather. And Donald Trump is going to jail. They got him now. Of course, he's not going away, uh, and the, not right away. And uh, the media will make sure they give every bit of his legal fight wall-to-wall coverage. Ken LaCourt is a former producer at Fox News. You'll find him on Substack and YouTube. It's spelled L-A-C-O-R-T-E. He joins us now. Always good to have you on, Ken. Thanks. Hey, glad to have you. Glad to be here. So uh, I saw a nine-minute clip of Rachel Maddow interviewing Hillary Clinton last night, and they never mentioned her claiming Trump stole the election in 2016, which, which she did about every five minutes for, I don't know, a couple of years. Uh, have they lost the ability to have any introspection? You know, they're like you said. They're having so much
3: fun um, um, popping popping champagne and sweeping up confetti at the end of the day that I think it's probably hard for them to have introspection right now. Um, you know, for Hillary especially. I mean, you know, let's not let's not forget it wasn't all that many years ago that lock her up was was one of the chants on the uh, on the on the Trump campaign trail, and that has certainly turned because uh, he's he's got a decent. He has so many, I mean, and, and we can argue about the immorality of this, which is, which is some of these are very, very clear, I think, with the exception of Florida, certainly, uh, the Florida indictments, which I think are solid. Um, but, yeah, no, they, they, uh, they have their shortening going on, and, and uh, the media is, is certainly, certainly part of that.
1: Now, at, I'm just wondering, uh, at that level, at, at, it's MSNBC in this case, a uh, pretty big deal. Um, Does the producer of a show like Maddow's have the ability or the authority, I guess, uh, to yell into her ear, ask her about 2016? I mean, and are there any other are there any producers out there if they had the authority who would do it anymore?
3: Yeah, I mean, look. They, first of all, you're assuming that one is is thinking like you in there, and yeah. those people have been fired long time ago. I mean, or or just you know they're they're still they're still opening up the door and and chilling cantaloupe for people. They're not going into senior positions there. So um, yeah, no, that that's kind of not going on. And I, I think at any level of MSNBC,
1: um, and um, <laughs> there there are hours worth of clips out there on YouTube of Democrats. Uh, denying the results in 2016. I played a couple when I opened the show. Uh, How how do you produce a show like that last night without including them there somewhere, just because you have the desire to have a good, interesting, uh, entertaining, maybe, if you throw that word in there, show? Sure. What you do is you you say, tell yourself, and, and, and there's an element
3: of truth to it, these are completely different. Her complaining about the Russians helping him out and him being unfair wasn't the same as then electing a sl- or, you know, getting out a slate of fake electors. It wasn't the same as then asking the vice president of the United States to to, uh, you know, to make a ruling that basically turned a ceremonial counting of electoral colleges, of electoral votes into something that was that like he had a decision that he could stop the election. It wasn't the same as winking and nodding at and, and pulling hundreds, thousands of people to march on Washington, D.C. on the intentional same day that, that, that they were counting these electors to put pressure on the vice president to do something unconstitutional. So they would say, look, there's a big difference between saying, I hate my mom. I wish he was dead and going out and hiring somebody to kill it. <laughs> yeah well that's what, that's what, that, that, that their argument and to be yeah. honest there's it's not a crazy argument
1: the, i think the uh, the issue though is also um they uh, it's like you're not supposed to question the results of an election and you're supposed to humbly accept the results and nobody does that yeah you're it's right it's a I I work, degrees, I, work for,
3: I work for dozens of campaigns and in half of them you know the guy. Even when he lost by 15 points, it was like, well, those people—they bust in people, or they did something illegal, and and you know, and and no honest person would say you don't have the the right to dispute things that you think were wrong. Uh, and and the question is 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 did Trump and and his team go beyond that and do non legal things in trying to make that happen? Um, I think they came very, very close in that. I haven't haven't looked at this last uh, indictment in Georgia to see see exactly what they're saying on it. I I think that the the federal indictment on January 6th, and it's basically saying the same thing, you know, it's very loosely trying to say, well, this was bad stuff, and, 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 and he was lying a lot, and he did this and that, and therefore it's fraud. And that last part on the federal indictment is pretty... It, it, it's a pretty hand waving trick. Um, um, I, I think that there may be some more specific laws in the Georgia and the Georgia thing, but but I but I haven't read into all of those to really find out how much how much that's real or how much that's kind of like like you know the first two the first two indictments. I'm just confusing my indictment. I mean the New York one on the record stuff. Yeah. that's complete nonsense. The January 6th one it's like yeah there's just no statute that, that he violated even if you buy which I do that he deep down knew what he was doing he was lying he was putting pressure on people I think he took immoral actions but I don't see the crime there um, um, and and then, but Florida is a different matter you know the whole the whole thing with him. You know, encouraging people to lie and 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 telling the lawyers to hide stuff and moving boxes of documents into his bedroom. I mean, that that was just a stupid, stupid act that he literally handed his enemies a sword. And it's inexplicable why he did that.
1: Yeah, and again, they're going to come back and if you're going to do that story and you have Hillary Clinton sitting there, how do you not ask her about the uh, the 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 the, um, the, the phone, about about the, her, her the,
3: server the, and yeah, and, smashing and, and, her
1: blackberries and her
3: phones. I mean, yes, you are a thousand percent right on that. I, you know, it's not a real good legal strategy for the you know the Trump team can't be like, well, you know, I killed my wife, but OJ did too. I mean, no, so but I'm talking about the course. media.
1: I'm talking so, about yeah, no, it's uh, yeah.
3: um um you know, <laughs> John, I people have the power to delude themselves on all sorts of things, and and you know when I when I sit with little friends their anger what they believe was the president's illegalities and and lies and all of that it's it, it's real it's visceral they're not making it up they believe it mm-hmm. um but yes i mean I, I think a fair question would be to say hey you know that whole record stuff that he might be going to jail for do, do you feel lucky that that you didn't have the same thing when you were illegally putting up a a server to circumvent to circumvent federal law you know yeah but, yeah, that's, uh, what, that's what the other channels are for that's what that's what this radio station's for yeah
1: yeah well has Trump lost Fox yet you know I mean you know clearly you saw a
3: year ago six months ago them taking a a big step away from him um um and 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 you know look a lot of Republicans all of these all of these indictments I think are getting Trump supporters and making them into even tighter supporters mm-hmm. right yep. even me who i was like look i voted for the guy twice i felt what he did I, I, but i didn't believe that the election was stolen in the way that it said it was stolen with uh, you know servers every time i looked into it i couldn't find it and therefore i think that his actions were kind of immoral on on january 6th by a big chunk but even i'm like man i was tired of the guy but if the whole federal and state government apparatuses are going to come after him. I feel like supporting him just, just just to stop this injustice of the justice system. But, yeah. you know, but then it's like, you know, you play this forward. And, and and so while I think he's tightening up his Republican support, I don't see that there's more than 100 Democrats in the country who are like, you know what, he's getting a raw deal. I hated him, uh, voted against him twice. I yeah. voted for Biden, and I'm going to vote for Trump this year. I, I don't... I, that that doesn't seem like a like like a strategy that's going to pull over anyone in the middle.
1: Yeah. Well, so it no, it's a, it, independence yeah. is what the is the issue. Democrats, uh, believe me, um uh can I live in an area where if Joseph Stalin ran against Thomas Jefferson, yeah. and Stalin was a democrat, he'd get he'd 92% of the vote in Pittsburgh and, and a lot of areas of western PA. So the Democrats but, but I, I aren't just, going anywhere. I,
3: just, I I really believe that even independents aren't being swung over on this yeah. issue. I, I, I think that we then find ourselves with, with Donald Trump as a likely nominee, perhaps a convicted felon at this point or not, going in, and, you know, I think he's got a 46% ceiling on, on, on his vote. Mm-hmm. And, and the only, and, and, you know, it's not to say that, that the current president's doing much better, but I could see Trump certainly more easily losing at a national election than any of the other Republican candidates at this point. But I also think he's unstoppable almost right now as the GOP nominee.
1: And just so you know, here's where I am on on all that. Uh, I I disagree with you a a lot on uh, your feelings about what happened, but um, I've done shows here and I've come to believe that there's Absolutely no way he lost Pennsylvania in 2020, uh, just based on the people I've had on the show here. People have written books about it, and um, and they and it I think that they're kind of nutty. Go ahead. Yeah, no, but this this guy, uh, they wrote a book called Parallel Election. They were they were working as poll watchers in Delaware County down in Philadelphia, and um, and I also a guy who worked uh, in security for the post office. He said. Um, you know, the story of the trucks coming in with votes, he said there's no doubt in his mind that it ha- – he's, a, he's a up in a higher level security. Absolutely yeah. happened, and he said they were investigating it, and the FBI came by and said, we'll take it from here. I just think there's a whole lot of strange things going on. And so anyway, that's where I am on it. So, um, you know, that's – you and I can disagree on that, but I I like your – to get your take here on the media coverage of it, regardless of, you know, where you stand on – the political side of it uh, at some point trying to get some handle on whether or not anybody can ever get uh, good media coverage, you know, or fair media coverage. Here's, there's another example. We get off the election for a minute. Uh, you probably saw Joe Biden threw out a smile and a no comment on Sunday when he was leaving the beach and he was asked about the fires on Maui and all three all three major network nightly newscasts ignored it. Now, if Trump does that, is that the lead story? Yeah,
3: of course, of yeah. course. I mean, I mean, you know, we we saw it the first time uh, a number of years ago, and 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 look, not the no comment thing, but when he didn't go and didn't fly in, I, yeah. I kind of remembered the Bush criticism yeah, uh, on Katrina. Katrina, yeah, and and he flew over and and didn't stop and of course then people are like well it's cuz black people drowned here and you're a yeah. republican and you hate black people it was like jesus Christ. but he made a he made a good point he's like look i land there it's going to take a half a day of hundreds of people on the ground dealing with the president of the united states and air force 1 and shutting down shutting down air uh, uh air traffic yep. he, he didn't go into this detail and i was like you know what that makes a lot of sense and it you know just so that this guy can have his photo op yeah, it was bizarre, though, that when a guy says, uh, you know, no comment, You know, <laughs> I, I think that they just tell him to say no comment on anything because he's losing his marbles and they're afraid he's going to say something stupid. So I, that's my best guess. It's not like he hates the people of Hawaii, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or he doesn't need them because they're going to vote for him anyhow. My yeah. guess is they're like, Joe, you're slipping. Just say no comment on anything unless we've gone over it and no cards, heavy, heavy, heavy. And he's like, <laughs> he didn't want to. He didn't want to accidentally call Hawaii the fifty-second state or yeah, something right. like that, so he just said no comment. I mean, there's no other kind of rational excuse or, or concept, is there? And, and of course, the media thing. Yes, they, they would have. I'm, you know, I'm surprised Trump hasn't been indicted for that fire yet. I mean, and yeah. the media would support that too. Right, it's, right. It's, it's, that's our world.
1: Uh, again, though, I guess it's. A, I'm beating this question to death, but is it possible that not one producer at NBC? CBS or ABC saw that video and said, boy, that's that's kind of strange that he would say no comment. Let's run that. Not one.
3: <laughs> yeah, you would think that you would you would think that, wouldn't you? But they but, don't exist. Uh, look, it's, 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 it's just a you know, what you're what you're what you're saying, in other words, is the top media. and And you can see it on the left uh, terribly and on the right as well have become so politicized that their news judgment has overridden their ability and desire to, to, to cover the news. And, 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 you know, we see that on a daily basis. If it's going to make the team, you know, if it's going to make my team look bad, we're either going to not cover it or we'll give it a quick coverage enough just so somebody said, well, they did cover it. Um, um, I mean, look how many years it took, the russian uh, the russian psyop of of the fake hunter biden laptop to get to uh, to, to to turn out to be real and we're never going to see indictments on on all sorts of things because the media the media gave air cover to that entire that entire biden crime family thing going on uh for for well over a
1: year got about a minute and a half left here with uh, ken Lacourt formerly of fox news uh, you can find him at substack and youtube so have all the old timers in the TV news business either retired or been run off? Uh, and is what we're seeing a result of a younger generation, you know, that just doesn't know how to separate activism from journalism? You know, I think that's part of
3: it. I certainly do. Um, you know, I look at like one of my favorite guys out there, and, and I think he went from a relatively pro-Trump probably to a less so is Britt Hume at the, at the Fox News channel where he's, you know, he's shifted from the anchor role into more of an opinion role. Yeah. Um, but I talked to a friend of mine who was at the New York Times, and he left there five or six years ago, and that was his theory. He said, you know, it was always it was always left, but and and you know we were kind of fine with that. That was our that was our, our our thing. But as the younger kids came in and now became you know moved up the ranks on that, he's like I don't even recognize the place anymore. The things that they do, and and I'm we're talking a hardcore liberal, you know, open minded, intellectually honest one. He was just kind of blown away at, 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 at that, that. A lot of that is pushed by a, a generational shift, and, and I think you, you nailed it to a, a big extent. Gotcha. They didn't cause it. They didn't start it. It's always kind of been there to an extent, but nothing like it was 10 years ago. And now all those 22-year-old kids are now 35-year-old producers, and they don't think that you. They they, they think that saving the world from Donald Trump is more important than being fair and balanced, to coin an old phrase.
1: Yep. Hey, uh, and it ain't going to change anytime soon, Ken. I, I, I appreciate you coming on, as always. Thanks. I always love it. Thank you. Okay, that's Ken Lacourt, and you can find him at Substack and YouTube. Well, in case you missed it, uh, up in Canada, it might have been yesterday or Sunday, uh, a 250-pound man won a women's weightlifting competition and set all kinds of records in the process. Of course, he was competing as a woman, and we talk a lot about transgender insanity here. It's very much a political issue. Dr. Tim Murphy used to be a politician. He served eight terms in Congress, before that a state rep. He's also a licensed psychologist, and he joins us now. Tim, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it.
4: Great to be with you. Thank you for inviting me.
1: So you wrote um, at the American Spectator about your experience uh, recently at a at a convention for the Pennsylvania Psychological Association. What was it, and they were talking about gender dysphoria, what was it uh, that you saw or heard there that bothered you?
4: Well, so I went there to, uh, to learn about this topic. Uh, I thought it was important to know since it's uh, discussed so much. And the presentation was on how to write a letter of support for someone with gender dysphoria, someone who wants to or who considers the body they were born with as different from who they're identifying with. And what I heard was some things that was really pretty puzzling to me in a a mild version of that, Uh, but what it relates to is, for example, this is children, and these are teenagers who are going through what I consider to be the normal angst and problems of teenage years. We can all remember those times. What is happening now is that people are suggesting to kids that perhaps the struggles you're going through are related to that you really are a boy in a girl's body or a girl in a boy's body, or maybe you're both. And the documentation for that was takes that person at their word for it. Now, this involves an incredible suspension of facts, including, and not the least of which is what we know about the human brain. The brain is not mature in the teenage years, and probably not until age 25 or so, that it's tough to make decisions purely on objective terms, long-term views, etc., because the younger brain is more governed by feelings, emotions, uh, struggles. Uh, that has to do with everything from uh, brain hormones, neurotransmitters, to the frontal cortex is where the reasoning and planning is there. And those connections with the feeling parts of the brain aren't really fully developed until 25 or so. And what happens is we know this to be true because you're not allowed to drive a car till you're 16, to join the military till you're 18, not vote till you're 18. You're not supposed to watch vaping commercials until you're 25 or 26. All these rules are set up. You can't be held criminally responsible, can't sign a contract till you're 18. And yet we're taking kids words for it or five or 10 or 15 that they're not satisfied with their body. And what this is leading to is a couple of very troubling things. One is perhaps a hormone blocker to prevent them from maturing on their own sexual identity, chromosomal identity, or then two, transferring to other hormones. So girl, Taking testosterone, a boy taking uh, androgen, and in some cases, then even undergoing surgery. So, a young girl, um, prepubertal, having her breasts removed, or a boy with castration, or a girl with hysterectomy. Those are permanent changes. Nothing's going to bring those back. And what, what is being justified for this is, is saying, or using the reason for justifications, are saying, well, there's such a big increase in suicidal risk for children who are uh, this gender dysphoria, this gender confusion, which I say is called a sense of unease between the biological sex and their own gender identity. So using that and saying, well, you know, if you start the hormones and decide to stop it, really there's no problem. Well, that is absolutely false. There's lots of research that says in many areas we don't know. In some areas we know it changes bone growth. And also the, um, our sex hormones, our testosterone and androgen, are used to stimulate brain development, which a lot takes place in the teenage years. So, to slow those down um, has some effects in the brain, a lot of which we just don't know. And there's other things then associated with if someone takes the other uh, the opposite sex gender hormones, of uh, what this can do to the heart, to the lungs, to increase for clots, uh, for later risk for diabetes, infertility, suicide, cancer risk, the list goes on what the presenter said was because the risk of suicide is so high, 40 to 80% people think about it, that it's worth the risks for taking these hormones because you're going to lower the risk of suicide. And here's where it gets really messy. There is pressure on mental health providers to say that if you don't go along with this and back up the child's wishes, uh, then you may be causing a risk for suicide. And this is such a hot mess that in about I think 20 or 30 states, they passed some laws saying you can't do these surgical hormonal changes. And I think it's about four or five or six states are saying you can't stand in the way of it. I think Minnesota was the latest one. Such as states like, I think Maine is looking at making a felony if parents or professionals block it. California is looking at laws that a 12-year-old can say, I want out of this house, and the state will take over that child. I think other states like Oregon or Washington are looking at this too, so this is a classic: damned if you do, and damned if you don't. And I'm looking upon this. This is a scientific mess. So laws are being passed in different states that are contradictory. We're being told professional standards of psychologists, which are contradictory. Uh, we're also being told you cannot refuse to take a case on religious grounds because that is discriminatory. Uh, and and you look at Great Britain, Finland, Norway, and Sweden are all saying we're gonna block, you're not doing any more of these gender change surges on our youth because the research doesn't support it. But in the United States, there's a huge social pressure, um, legal pressure on professionals to go ahead and do this. And even saying that the only reason it's being blocked in those states is purely on political grounds, the conservatives are against this. And I'm just looking at this in a neutral way. I'm saying the science is not there and this is dangerous because you cannot reverse these effects. And we need to study this more and stop pressuring people to go along with this.
1: So you, there's a lot of stuff there you just said. So here, here's, my, here's my question. You, this is something that you saw being uh, discussed or presented at a uh, convention. And you're a psychologist. Uh, and are you sitting in the crowd there looking, uh, surrounded by people who are nodding their heads in agreement with all this stuff? And you're shocked that it's being said and nobody's pushing back. Was it one of those deals?
4: Yes, it was. And I was there. I was not trying to provoke anything. I really wanted to know. So, for example, when the person said, well, after these gender change surgeries or the transitional things, the suicide rate goes down. Mm -hmm. And I said, to what? And and I said, are they less depressed? And the person said, yes. And I said, can you cite me to study or tell me the data? Well, I don't know. Well, that's pretty important. If you're going to tell... A 12-year-old don't listen to their parents or change their pronouns or make these other changes. You really ought to be able to give information on all sides of this. And that wasn't there. There was another really important thing from the audience. Psychologists are uniquely trained to do psychological tests. These can be paper-pencil tests, very structured interviews or something. And the purpose of that is to have an objective measure. Uh, They just compare it against thousands and thousands of other people who have taken such a test. And rather than just rely on your own interview techniques, it's there. Now, this is important because, you know, and, and heck, John, you've interviewed tons of people in your life. And you know that the way a person words a question can influence the answer.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
4: It, well, even if you're not trying to do it, it mm-hmm. happens. And every journalist knows it. So you have to try to be objective. Well, if you're being interviewed by someone who thinks, well, kids are probably this is probably a boy. who really wants to be a girl. And you're interviewing them in such a way, this is a problem. And now the, the presenters did acknowledge you have to rule out that the person is psychotic, or are they autistic? Do they have an anxiety disorder? Do they have depression? And so someone from the audience said, well, can we use psychological tests for that? And the response to that was no, 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 because that pathologizes, that was the word they used, pathologizes the interaction. And it creates a power struggle between the psychologist or the counselor and, and the youth. And I'm thinking, wait, wait, wait you're telling me that the, this person is highly influenced by what you're saying to them and influenced by age. And yet you're refusing to acknowledge that you need an objective measure in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look upon this as let's not be afraid of the facts. Let's not be afraid of science, but let's stop pushing this. There, there are some who actually say that, that if you refuse to see these kind of kids, you're actually causing them suicide. Now there's no, data. And in fact, I, I checked a study out that was just published out of Denmark. I think it covers 42 years. It's a huge longitudinal study. And they said the increased risk for suicide is seven times higher. I think for other suicidal ideation of three and a half times or something like that, but it doesn't go down. It actually goes up. And these other studies that say it goes down, they'll track people for a few months or a couple of years, but you really need to look at something for eight to 10 years. Yeah. To make a determination. Yeah, that. I've had, so
1: I've, uh, there's a guy uh, named Walt Heyer who I've had on the show. Uh, if you look him up, you might be interested in what he says. It's spelled H-E-Y-E-R. He's a, a guy who uh, transitioned from male to female, lived that way for seven years, and, trans, uh, and, and then transitioned back. He's 80 years old now, and he has a website called uh, Sex Change Regret. And he tells me the exact opposite. He says where the suicides happen are after they've had the change several years down the road, and they find out it didn't work. I'm not happier.
4: That's right. That is exactly right. Uh, some of the studies that I looked at, you use the word regret. There was a study published in July of 2023, so it's pretty fresh. And it was put out there by a um, plastic surgery group, and they say, look, we have physicians and psychologists and social workers and all these people who surround them. But here is what uh, happened. They said they followed 1,979 people who had some gender change surgery. And they said they only had like six people who regretted it. So I'm thinking, okay. what's the definition of regret? Mm-hmm. And they said it's people who wanted surgery to change them back. They did say a number of people felt grief. They were grieving, but they didn't count those. And there was no note of, uh, I think they said they followed these people for 14 months. Well, that's a drop in the bucket. Uh, and they didn't present, What well, do they do evaluations? Are they depressed? Are they on medication for their depression? Do they have other psychological disorders? None of that was printed. Yet at this conference, and this wasn't unique to this conference. This happens all around the country, and I've seen it in lots of publications, people saying, yes, but see, the, the regret rate is so low that it's worth it for us to do this. And you just presented a case. There's another famous case of a Navy SEAL. Yeah. Who, he went under went this change and then regretted a while later, a few years later, said I should never should have done this. But what happens is, and this, this presentation said, this. again, this is not unique. They surround the child with a lot of people who support this. Mm-hmm. So they refer them out to other people who are going to support this gender change. And in some states, it's actually forbidden for, uh, if the kid says, I, I have second thoughts about this. I don't want to do this. It's forbidden to refer that person to someone who wants them to detransition. That's seen as coercive therapy. So it, it gets pretty ugly out there. I'm very worried about this because some people are at risk of losing their psychological license because of
1: this. We're talking to uh, Dr. Tim Murphy. He served eight terms in Congress, and he's also a psychologist. Uh, Tim, you served uh, you spent a lot of time in government, state and uh, federal level. Uh, we have a guy Wait, don't, in the— don't,
4: don't hold that against me.
1: <laughs> well, we, we have a guy uh, in, um, in the federal government as a, in a cabinet position— As assistant uh, uh, health and human services guy, Uh, his name is Rachel, but I mean, I I still refer to him as a guy because I am not buying it. I don't know about you, but um, he has a he's a man who's who (laughs) he's in government. He's in a pretty powerful position. He has Mm -hmm. children that he fathered, and he's a um, he's a uh, psychiatrist, a pediatric psychiatrist who sends their kid to this guy, who, their confused kid, to this person. And he's, what, do, what, do we do, what do you do when it gets to the point where that guy is out there selling this stuff that you're saying is very dangerous?
4: Well, that concerns me that um, that the data just doesn't support this. But it becomes one of those things of wishful thinking. And says so because I believe it's so, I'm going to ignore the studies that contradict that.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Look, when you get any procedure from the doctor's office, the doctor's obligated to tell you, You want this done, here are the risks of having it done. And that's even such things as replacing a knee or a hip or whatever that is. You need to be told that. But here's the thing. We do not let children make other decisions in their lives. You want to have a contract. You want to get married at age 14. You can't do it. But we will let them permanently harm their body. And the problem is they're surrounded by other adults encouraging them. So in in the case of the uh, Assistant Secretary of uh, Health and Human Services, that – Dr. Levine to say that these are recommended procedures. I look upon it as the science is not there. There's a lot of studies. A lot of studies are saying there are a lot of risks for this. We don't know some long-term consequences. We need to really press pause and use the medical term at first do no harm. But the way the world is twisted on this is people are saying, yeah, but it's harmful to not let them do that. Well, what did we suddenly come up with an epidemic of thousands and thousands more people? Where were they years ago? And this is really important. The amount of depression and anxiety reported in uh, adolescents and young adults during the COVID lockdown doubled. This is a huge increase. Mm-hmm. For about half of kids in those age ranges now say they struggle with symptoms of depression and anxiety. Well, in all these cases, I'll take it for them, I'll take the word out and say, let's help you with your depression. Let's help you with your anxiety. But just because you're depressed doesn't mean you're a boy trapping a girl's body and vice versa. But these are being used in this way. And I think wrongfully so to manipulate. So when we have someone at a high ranking level of the government saying these things, I say, then open it up to a, to a, to uh, a learned uh, presentation. I'm not talking about a debate because a debate, you debate opinions, but open it up and really present the facts out there to the American people and to legislators, because without this, the consequences, not only dire, for the child who makes irreversible changes, but also for us to be passing laws. There's an old saying, bad science makes bad laws, and we're in the midst of
1: this. Well, I I have about a minute left. I want to give you a chance. You've got a book, The Christ Cure, (laughs) Ten Biblical Ways to Heal from Trauma, Tragedy, and PTSD. What's it about? The title
4: title says it all. Uh, We have about 70% of people in this country who struggle with some sort of trauma in their life. It could be a life-threatening trauma. This is not just soldiers or, or police or firemen or paramedics, but all of us have probably been exposed directly or indirectly to someone with trauma. There's a lot of psychological help out there for people, um, medications out there, but medication changes how you feel. It doesn't change how you think. What I look at this, John, from decades of work with people with trauma, including my work in the Navy, is I really believe, and I know this, People who have a strong faith and regular religious practice do much better. So my book walks through a lot of the Apostle Paul and his trauma, a lot of biblical characters, their trauma shows what they did to get better. It isn't just praying harder, but a lot of practical things in the book. I use stories from other people, too. I even use a couple of John Kolb stories. You know that guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, i a stealer. But people who have undergone trauma in their lives, how they've come out ahead, how they can get stronger, And so this book, I I encourage people to look at this as it's a handbook for the broken and those who love them, and also for counselors and clergy who are trying better to understand. So it's The Christ Cure, 10 Biblical Ways to Heal from Trauma, Tragedy, and PTSD. uh, On my website, drtimmurphy.com, drtimmurphy.com, or Amazon or Barnes & Noble or other places the books are sold.
1: Glad you got a chance to get that in there, and and good luck with the book. Thanks for coming on, Tim. Thank you. Have a wonderful day, John. You too. That's Dr. Tim Murphy. I'll be right back. Okay so just finishing up here. I don't know what's happened uh, since we went on the air, but uh, I don't know if Donald Trump's been indicted again, but uh it's I mean it's been what an hour. I I, I just thinking about this today um and I, and, and I talked to uh Ken Lacourt about this. There's a lot of celebrating going on in the media and uh their friends in the Democrat party about this and they're talking about if Donald Trump gets convicted of these charges in Georgia. He goes to jail. There's no way a president can pardon him. Even the governor of Georgia can't pardon him unless until he's served like five years or something like that. And there are people celebrating the possibility of Donald Trump going to jail. I don't know. I, I'm no expert on this. It's just This is just me, but I don't think it's going to be good for the country if we see Donald Trump being taken away in a, an orange jumpsuit and seeing him in a prison, sitting in a jail cell. Um, it's not going to be good. It's going to be really, really ugly and really, really bad, which could result in, I don't know, a couple million people showing up in Washington, D.C., and a lot of them are gun owners. I mean, I know maybe that sounds ridiculous, but I just don't think it's going to be another, well, we won that battle. I guess that's all, we, that's all for Donald Trump. When's the next election? Who's, who's running for what? It, it's, this is much, much different from that, and they better hope that it doesn't happen because it's going to be real, really ugly for the country. I'll talk to you tomorrow